I want to talk to you about difference maker today. Difference maker. Here's what I really believe. I believe God's called you to be a difference maker. I believe God's called you to be a world changer, a history maker. I believe there is so much potential inside of you that has not been tapped and is not being used for the glory of God. And I want you to one day hear when you get to heaven, well done, my good and faithful servant, because you maximized all that God put inside of you. He's called you to be a difference Maker, I want to talk to you from this thought today. I pose it as a question. Consumer or contributor? Consumer or contributor? I, I have to admit that I love to be entertained. And, and one of my favorite things to do is to go out with my wife on a date. And I love when we have the opportunity to go to a, a movie. And I love to go to the movie theater. Now, how many of you like me? I like the entire movie theater experience. Come on, when you go to the movie theater, you got to get the popcorn. Who gets the popcorn at the theater? Come on, somebody. Yes. Get the popcorn. I like to eat the candy. And I, I just love the entire movie theater experience. And nowadays, a movie costs $9. How many know it better be good for $9? Come on, that bad boy. Y'all better act in that thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I like to be entertained. I, I love going to, to, to games. And once a year or so, my wife and I, we go with a couple in our church that invite us to a, an Oklahoma Sooner game. We love to go into a, a football game once or twice a year and cheer on the Sooners. Some of you are Cowboys fans and you go cheer on the, the Cowboys. I enjoy, I enjoy being entertained. I, I love going to watch the Thunder play and watch, I love to watch the Thunder play and even like to watch the Thunder in my own living room. Come on, who saw the game Friday night? Come on, 18 points down in the fourth quarter. Me and my family, we were in the living room, lights off, screaming at the television. Come on, the Cooper family brought us back to victory. I'm telling you, we screamed until we got the W, you know what I mean? I, I love to be entertained. We live in a culture of entertainment. We live in a society of entertainment. Think about it. We have iPads to entertain us and smartphones to entertain us and play games on. I, I looked up online. The largest television now is one of 110 inches Ultra HD TV, 110 inch television. I don't know that I got a wall in my house that big. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Because we, we want to watch our favorite shows in style to be entertained, our, our favorite sitcoms in style. We love to be entertained. There's movies and concerts and plays and professional sports and college sports and casinos and festivals and fairs and amusement parks and cruises and skating and bowling. And the list goes on and on and on of the things that we have in our society to entertain us. One article I read said, entertainment in America is an unregulated drug. It hooks people at the earliest ages, alters their sense of reality, and compels them to come back for more entertainment. A, a report released by the Pew Research Center said Americans indicated that when it comes to what they expect from their country, all they really want is to be safe, happy, rich, comfortable, and entertained at absolutely all times. Entertainment. We want to be entertained. We love entertainment and the dilemma. The, the, the issue arises when people view church 
as entertainment. And in our culture, in our American society, there are many Christians that view church as a place of entertainment. I read an excerpt from an article recently, and it really challenged me. And it got me to really think about the church at large. And obviously, being the pastor of People's Church, I began to think about you. I began to think about our church and all of our campuses. And I began to ask myself questions. Here, here, here's what I read that really provoked deep thoughts and, and processing about our church. It says this, many churches today are not producing producers. They're producing consumers. People who want to be entertained, not trained. They want to be hearers, not doers. They look at church as a social outing. And I began to think about the church in America and people's church. And I began to think, what kind of people are we producing? Are we producing producers or are we producing consumers? Are we producing people that want to be entertained or that want to be trained? And I just want you to ask yourself that question today. Just begin to process this question just, just personally. Begin to ask yourself, am I a consumer or a contributor? And I want you to think about that and perhaps you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't know what I am. And if you don't know if you're a consumer or a contributor, I think you know what you are. <laughs> but I want us just to get clarity on this because the, the church of America is becoming so entertainment driven and so spectator driven and so consumer driven and it just goes against the grain of the gospel. And so let's look at this today. Number one is this, consumers are driven by comfort. If you're trying to figure out if you're a consumer or not, consumers are driven by comfort, but contributors are driven by calling. Today I want us to study Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through 62, where Jesus has a dialogue, an interaction with three individuals who, who were struggling with consumerism. And, and I want us to learn how to go from being a consumer and cross over into being a contributor and making a difference for God. Luke chapter 9 verse 57 says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Have you ever said that to the Lord? I, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said in verse 58, foxes have dens and the birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Jesus said, following him isn't about comfort. Listen, fella, I know what you're thinking. You're seeing me do miracles and feed 5,000 with a couple of fish and five loaves of bread. And, and following me seems, seems amazing and it seems popular. It seems cool. But I want you to understand that following me isn't about comfort. Jesus said, I don't have a place to lay my head. Jesus said, I don't have a nice home with a nice bed for you to sleep on every night. Listen, following me is not about comfort. Will you follow me? when it's not comfortable. And there are churchgoers who only want to follow Jesus when it's comfortable. We live in a comfortable society. We, we live in a culture that's just about entertainment, and we love to be entertained. And, and I even hear people say this as I have a vantage point of being able to travel America. I've traveled all across America and around the world preaching. And before we started People's Church, I did a lot of traveling in churches and preaching in conferences and conventions. And so a lot of, a lot of interaction with the body of Christ. 
And I've heard people say on several occasions, say these words, I'm shopping for a church. Like they're shopping for jeans or shopping for shoes. I'm shopping. I'm looking for a church that'll meet all my needs. I'm looking, I'm shopping for a church. And you hear people because there's this consumer mentality. There's, there's, there's this entertainment mentality. I'm looking for a church that meets all my needs. And there are literally people that I have ran into that have shops for months and even years. They've shopped for years and still haven't found a church that they're looking for. Because they're looking for a church that will meet all their needs. They're looking for comfort. I'm, I'm looking for something. And they're searching and they're shopping like, like church is entertainment. Like, like, like church is, is, is supposed to meet every one of their needs. And they have this mentality of a consumer. And then people like that, when they do finally find a church, they don't stay long. Because, you know, I didn't like what the church did. They did that. I don't really like what they, they did that. I'm looking for a new church now. I mean, it's like, it's like they're going to the movie theater. It's like, do you go to the Quell Springs Mall Theater or do you go to the, to the, to the Penn Square Mall Theater? Well, I don't know. I like the, I like the AMC at the Quell Springs Mall because they have a lot big, big, bigger theaters. I like it. Well, I like the Penn Square Mall because the seats recline back. Yes. And they're shopping. It's, it's, it's entertainment. It's, it's about comfort. And then, then there are people in our society and the church world around America that have three or four different church homes. So where do you go to church? Well, I got three church homes. I go to this one because I like that, and I go to that one because I really like that, and I go to this one because I really like that, and there's this, and they don't even recognize it. They say it like they're proud. They don't even see that they're a consumer, and they, 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 they're driven by entertainment and, and comfort, and people say, well, I don't, I don't go to church unless the senior pastor preaches. The pastor's not preaching. I don't go to church. I only want to hear the pastor. Guest speaker comes. I don't go. Unless it's Robert Madu, I'll go for Robert Madu. But the rest of them, I don't want to be fooled with. And like, we don't even hear what we're saying. Like, church has become entertainment. It has become about comfort. Well, well they're, they're, they're in a series, and that series that they're preaching now doesn't do anything for me. Since it doesn't do anything for me, I'm not really going to go to church during this series because it's not really for me. And, and, and this comfort and this entertainment society and, and people really say this, they, 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 they kind of posture themselves with, I dare you preach a message that would convict me. I dare you preach a message that would challenge me. I mean, please don't preach about Jesus and repentance. I mean, please don't preach that stuff and the cross. And you sure better not ever ask me to do anything or to give anything. I dare you ought to be just glad I showed up. And there's this mentality. There's this comfortable consumer mentality. Christianity to so many people is about comfort, not about calling. And I want you to see as Jesus calls his first disciples, I want you to get a picture of what it looks like between a, a difference between a, 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 cons, a consumer who's about comfort and a contributor who's about calling. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, says this, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net in the lake, for they were fishermen. This was their livelihood. Jesus said, come follow me. Let me pause here. Jesus is saying that to every one of us today. If you don't hear that, it's because your heart is not open and in tune with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is saying to you, come follow me. Come follow me. He says, and I will send you out to fish for people. I will send you out to make a difference. Verse 20, at once 
They left their nets, their livelihood, and followed him. The early disciples followed Jesus out of calling, not out of comfort. Jesus called them to stop fishing for fish and to start fishing for people. And the Bible says without any questions, they immediately followed Jesus. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know how it would work out. They didn't know exactly what Jesus was exactly calling them to do and what it would look like. But they followed Jesus out of calling, not out of comfort. And friends, I want you to see that they left their successful fishing business because of the calling of Jesus to make a difference. You see, our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at things in life that really don't matter. Our greatest fear should not be a failure, but at succeeding in things in life that don't really matter. And I think some of you find yourself succeeding in life and things don't really don't matter. And you're leaning your ladder against the wall, wrong wall and you've climbed to the top and when you look up, you're doing it for the wrong motives. For self, to build your kingdom, not his kingdom. And you find yourself not making a difference for the glory of God because you're pursuing comfort and not calling. Would you just look at your neighbor right now and say, I don't really need this message today, but I know you do. Would you? I'm glad you're here. I know you're a consumer. I'm not a consumer. I am a contributor. I follow Jesus with all of I don't know what. I don't know. I don't need this. Number two. Number two. We're looking. We, we, we all struggle with this consumer or contributor. Entertainment society, we all struggle. Number two. Consumers are self-centered but contributors are God and others centered. Notice back in the opening text in Luke chapter 9 as Jesus engages three individuals in conversation. Verse 59 said, he said to another man, follow me, as he says to all of us, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, this may seem harsh, but, but as you study this passage of Scripture out and study the commentaries, Jesus wasn't telling this man not to attend his father's funeral. There are some scholars, as you study, that believe that more than likely that, the, that this young man's father was an elderly man. And he was up in, in age and, and was going to pass away in the, in the, in, in the future. Maybe a year from now or two years or five years from now. And the young man, and he understood, and probably the oldest son, that, hey, I want to be there when Papa passes away so I can be sure to get my inheritance. I mean, really part of the Jewish culture as the oldest son. And, and scholars believe that's what that young man was all about. Hey, Jesus, I will follow you, but first let me bury my father. Let me hang out with my elderly father until he passes away so that I can get my stuff and then I'll follow you. Jesus says, No. <laughs> No, no, let the dead bury the dead. You're focused on self because consumers are self-centered. They're always saying, I. They're always saying, me, mine. It's what I want. Let, can, let, let me go be with my father. Let me have my way. Let me get what I want. Consumers are self-centered, but contributors are god 
and others centered. And notice what Jesus says in Luke chapter 9, that same chapter, really focusing in on what it really looks like to be a disciple, a real disciple. Verse 23 says, then he said to, to them all, to all of them, because they're excited about Jesus. They want to follow Jesus. He's popular. You know, Christianity's cool. Jesus is healing people and, and doing miracles. I mean, we're in Jesus. And Jesus says, listen, 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 crowd. Whoever wants to be my disciple must. Come on, at all of our locations, would you everybody say must? I want you to catch that. Because in today, in our American culture, this is optional in our minds. But if you really want to be his disciple, you must deny yourself. They must deny themselves. Question, what are you denying to follow Jesus? And they must take up their cross daily and follow me. And the cross in that day meant persecution, execution, death. He must die to yourself daily to follow Jesus. If you're really following Jesus, you're denying yourself constantly because this flesh wants to get in the way. This flesh wants to run our lives. This flesh wants to just do what we want to do and add Jesus on top of it. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. When you're really my disciple, you know what happens? You're not self-centered anymore. When you really want to follow me, you deny yourself. You wake up every day and you pick up your cross daily and say, not my way, his way, not my will, his will. It's not about self. It's about Jesus. And you die to yourself, your own wants and your own desires to please your heavenly Father. And friends, when we become Jesus-centered, Christ then leads us to become other-centered. You see, when we're not other people-centered, it's because we're not Jesus-centered. But when we, we, when we become Jesus-centered, he gives us a passion to help others, to make a difference in the lives of other people. And I can give you example after example after example. When people get full, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, when they get close to Jesus, when they get Jesus-centered, it leads them to become others-centered. Here's one example in 1 Corinthians 9, verse number 19, the Apostle Paul, he says, though I am free, I'm not a slave to anyone and belong to no one. I'm not bound to anyone. I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Paul says, listen, because I love Jesus, I'm filled with his spirit. I have become a slave to every person, with the, to the Jew, to those under the law, to those not under the law. I become whatever I need to be to all people because I'm focused on making a difference in the lives of people. Contributors are God and others focused. Question, are you a consumer or are you a contributor? We all struggle with this. Number three is this. Number three is this. Pastor, what's the difference between a consumer and a contributor? We live in an entertainment culture. What's the difference? Number three, consumers make excuses, but contributors make a difference. I want you to see this third interaction Jesus has in Luke 9. And verse number 61, it says, still another said, I will follow you. I know those other jokers. <laughs> he wants comfort. And this other guy, you know what? He's got excuses. He's just self-centered. Let me tell you, I will follow you, Lord. But first, everybody say, but first. Come on, say it again. But first. I want you to catch that. Here, here's, where, here's where a lot of us live. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And a lot of Christians are living a but first life. Jesus, I will follow you, but first. I'll obey your word. I know what your word says. 
and I'll obey it, but first. I, I will serve you, Jesus, but first. I'll serve others, but first. The majority of us have a doctor's degree. We have a PhD in making great excuses. I mean, we're really good at it. We're educated with making excuses. I mean, Jesus, I I'll serve you, but I'm single, but first. I'm in college, but first. I'm married. I I I'll serve you, but, but first. I, I, I have kids. I just had kids. Now I got two. Now I got three. Now I got four. But, but first. Uh, you know what? I got grandkids, but first. I, my, my kids have activities, but first. My job is busy and demanding, but first. I mean, listen, Jesus, you have to understand, my life is busy. How many know busy is the new buzzword? I'm busy. I'm, just, I'm busy, 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 busy. Jesus, you understand, I'm busy, 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 busy. But first, I don't know about those other jokers, I will follow you. But first. And friends, I want to be honest with you and transparent with you as your pastor. Because I know God's called you to make a difference. God has not called you and I to make excuses. He's called us to make a difference. God gave us his Holy Spirit to make a difference. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, but you will receive power. Come on, so everybody say power. Yeah, if you're a Christian, you have power inside of you. Why? When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. God wants to use you to be a witness. He gave you power to be a witness to make a difference in Jerusalem. That would be the Oklahoma City metro area or the Indianapolis metro area. If you live in Indianapolis or, and in all Judea, that would be our state. And Samaria, Samaria, that would be our nation. And to the ends of the earth, God filled you and me with his Holy Spirit to make a difference and make it a difference starts in Jerusalem. It starts in our city. It starts with our church that God would use us to build his church and to make a difference, to be light and to be salt. God is building a prevailing church. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, and I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. Let me tell you what Jesus is doing. He's building his church, and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell will not overcome it. Are you a part of building his church? Are you a consumer or a contributor? Are you caught up in being entertained or being trained? Are you a participator or a spectator? According to researchers Scott Thuma and Warren Bird, they say that most churches in all of their research and study, most churches, large and small, no matter the size of the church, red, yellow, black, or white, no matter the color of the church, of the people in the church, are actually run by 20% of the congregation. 20% of people serve and tithe. The other 80% are spectators instead of participators. And I read that and I just go, wow. And I started looking at people's church. God, where are we? And they go on to say that pastors are afraid to even talk about this issue with their congregation because we've become so entertainment-driven. 
And as your pastor, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, if you love Jesus, God has not called you to be a spectator. He's called you to be a participator. God wants to use you for his glory. He wants to use you to make a difference. Listen, God has gifts, talents, and plans and purposes for your life that he would use your life for kingdom impact. And here's my prayer. Here's my prayer because I realize as I teach today, I realize that just like the majority of churches, we probably got 20% of our folks that are actively being contributors, and we have 80% that are being consumers. And I realize today that not not all 80% of you are going to move from from being a consumer to being a contributor. Matter of fact, some of you are like, I'm not coming back to the church for a long time. You're preaching like this. Amen. (laughs) I get it. I, I hear you. So I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people who want to be a disciple. And my prayer is that some of you would hear the truth of God's word today and that you would get out of the entertainment culture that we are in, even in the church, and that you would move from being a consumer to being a contributor. That's your pastor's prayer. I'm praying that in three areas today that sum up your life. The first is your time, your time. Would you become a contributor and not a consumer with your time? And here's here's, here's what I'm asking you to do. Would you faithfully attend church and a community group? Faithfully attend church and a community group. That's what I'm asking you to do for your time. Statistics say this in churches in America. Now people consider regular church attendance when they attend once or twice a month. That's regular church. I like, I am a regular church goer. I go once a month or twice, and I am a faithful to my church. And I'm saying, let's don't fall into the entertainment culture, the consumer culture. Let's be faithful to God's house, faithful in community groups to do life with other believers. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 says this, not giving up meeting together, not giving up our church attendance and and meeting with other Christians. It's not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And even in our culture, some are in the habit of not meeting together, of not attending church faithfully. I mean, they think their time is their time. They, they, They don't deny themselves, pick up their cross and follow Jesus. He says, listen, some of you are in the habit of doing this, but encouraging one another because when we come together as believers as we, and we worship corporately, when we get together in small groups, we encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And I'm asking, would you, as you look at your life and evaluate your life, consumer contributor, God, you know what? I need to, I need to ramp it up with my church attendance faithfully. I need to ramp it up with being with believers in a community group. We want to help you do that. Number two is this, your time. Number two is your talent, your talent. I'm asking you this. I'm asking this of you. Would you serve weekly? Would you find a place at People's Church to serve weekly? It could be on a Sunday morning, serving weekly, Wednesday night, and our, all of the activities that go on the facilities at Wednesday night. Would you find a place to serve? Serve one, worship one. Serve one, worship one. And I know what some of you think, Pastor, I mean, I got, I'm already in church an hour. Are you asking for two? I mean, really? I'm saying you were made for this. I'm trying to get you in your purpose. I'm trying to get you in your destiny in building God's church. Would you serve? Out in our lobbies at all of our campuses is a table that's called a, a, a difference maker table. Would you go out there today? I, I'm challenging you. Would you go out there moved by the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and say, listen to me. I, I want to find a place to serve. Greeter, usher, parking lot, kids, youth, camera, singing, instrument. I, I want to find. A, I was created for this. I heard the message. I want to serve faithfully in my church. God is building his church, and I want to be a part of that. I want to encourage you to regularly serve in the community. We're partnering with an organization called WizKids this next year to tutor 
children across the Oklahoma City metro area. Oklahoma City campus, we're going to be partnering with, with North Highland Elementary School. Midwest City, we're coming to that area, and we're going to partner with Central Oak Elementary School. We've already contacted them and, and got all the details. And, and, and Northwest, we're going to be partnering with Two Lakes Elementary School to make a difference there. We're going to roll out some more information to you in the very near future. But I want to just whet your appetite to serve in the community. We're going to partner with City Rescue Mission in serving the homeless in our community and actually going down and serving and making a difference. God's created us to be a difference maker, not about self, about Jesus and others. First Peter. Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 says this, each of you, each of you, every Christian, every follower of Christ, every person who really wants to be a disciple, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God, I give you my time. I give you my talent. Number three is this, God, I'll give you my treasure. I give you my treasure. And Malachi talks about this in chapter 3 and verse number 8. We're talking about a life of being a contributor, not a consumer. It says in verse 8, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me, but you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. Now, some of you are new to church, and a new Christian, a tithe. I had one person call it a tithe. I love, I love reaching people far from God. A tithe is simply returning back the first 10% of our income to the local church where we worship. Every Christian is asked to do that. It doesn't matter what we make. It's, it's all in proportion to the amount of income that we bring in. We return 10%. It's the same amount of sacrifice for all of us, no matter our income level. And then an offering is we pray about what to give above our tithe. And I'm going to talk to you about some incredible projects around our nation and our world that we're going to support in, in this next year to make a difference and see change lives. So we return the 10% to the church where we worship. Then we're going to pray about giving an offering. If you're not doing that today, I'm asking, would you move from being a consumer to being a contributor? It says you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe, the first 10% of our income, into the storehouse, the local church where we worship, that there may be food in my house, and I'm going to be a contributor in providing food and not just eating it. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store. God says, I'm going to bless you, and thank God for his blessings when we tithe and honor him, but I want to challenge your hearts today as your pastor to say, you know what? I don't want to live as a consumer. I want to live as a contributor. And so we're going to tithe, and I want to talk to you about $1 million worth of projects we're going to do around our city and our nation and our world to make a difference. Let me talk to you about that for a few moments. First of all, we're taking People's Church to the prison system in Oklahoma this next year. We are. Through a ministry called God Behind Bars. We have approval from our state. We have approval from our state to take People's Church into the prison system. Can we thank God for that approval? Amen. So we're excited about that. I'm going to be revealing to you the prison that we're going into in the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear that exciting announcement. I want you to check out a picture of what it looks like, man. We're going to take, we're going to live stream our services. We're going to take one prison this next year. It will cost us $75,000 to get all the equipment, all that we need to start our first prison campus. And can you envision this with me? Can you envision starting people's church locations in every single prison throughout the state of Oklahoma, making a difference, helping to rehabilitate prisoners, helping to get them back on their feet when they get released? We're going to make a difference. Amen. That's a $75,000 project. Now, Association of Related Churches. 
And we, 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 we are a part of an organization called ARC, Association of Related Churches, where we start local churches all across America and now around the world. And this year at People's Church, we will give between sixty to 70000 to ARC to help start new locations. We've started 533 locations. You businessmen will love this. You businesswomen will love this. We've started 533 locations of churches. The average launch day of attendance was 240. Our Indianapolis launch was 311 on grand opening. The total amount given to missions. So since we've been, we support churches every year and help them get started. And so out of those 533 churches that we've helped start People's Church, this year alone, those churches will give back $14 million to missions. Come on, that's a good investment. That's a good investment. Lives are being changed, and they're giving back to missions around the world. We want to raise $100,000 to start 100 new churches in 2016. We want to give to WIS kids. We talk to WIS kids. Not only do we want to send volunteers there, but we want to provide, they need about $15,000 for curriculum, games, and clothes for underprivileged kids in the Oklahoma City metro area at the locations that we're going to be supporting. So we want to provide that for them. Haiti Change One School Program. We have been to Haiti several times as a church. We partner with Mission of Hope. Uh, one of the head missionaries for Mission of Hope attends our church. Otis and Charlotta Garrison, so grateful for their ministry. And we want to sponsor 100 underprivileged kids in Haiti with a Christ-centered education and food. So for $42,000, we can support a hundred of those precious children and help them get a Christ-centered education and help them have food as they study. We're excited about that. We, we, we personally call the Oklahoma City Rescue Mission here in our city, and they need a new kitchen, and they told us around thirty-five dollars to $40,000. So we got $40,000 that we want to give to their city rescue mission to help them get a new kitchen to feed the homeless and the hungry in our community. Haiti housing community, back in Haiti with Mission of Hope, we want to construct eight homes in Haiti for homeless Haitian families. And these eight homes will cost us to be able to do that $48,000 to build eight homes for eight homeless families. Come on, you want to move to Haiti now, don't you? Come on, you get a home for that cheap. But we want to help provide homes for homeless Haitians will cost us $48,000. Free International is an organization we're partnering with to provide training to identify and rescue victims of human trafficking in the United States of America. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma is one of the major thoroughfares up and down I-40 to get across the nation of sex trafficking. The, the, age, the average age of girls and boys being sold into sex slavery is the age of 12, 12 to 14 years old. And we want to give $40,000 this year to rescue more kids from sex trafficking and to give them hope in Christ. Amen. Africa Oasis Clean Water Project. I've been to Africa twice, changed my life going to Africa. I did crusades there and preached there. And in Kenya, Africa, we want to provide five water pumps. Did you realize around our world there are places that don't have clean drinking water and people are dying? And we want, those are the actual pumps that we're going to provide in a village there in Kenya, Africa, that costs $50,000 so that these precious Kenyans can have clean drinking water. And so we're excited about providing drinking water there in Africa for $50,000. And then our People's Church Development Program that we want to continue to launch in more locations. I believe the local church is the hope of the world. I believe with all of my heart. God is building his church to see more changed lives and can I tell you, I got some good news to report to you. At our campuses that we've launched, 
in Indianapolis, the last couple of months, 73 people have already given their life to Jesus Christ in Indianapolis at that launch. Northwest Oklahoma City campus, since we launched that campus a year ago, 392 people have said yes to Jesus Christ since that campus launched. Midwest City campus launched a few years ago. That campus has seen 1,737 people say yes to Jesus Christ since it has been launched. And we're not done yet. We want to raise $590,000 to prepare and pave the way to not only to bless our campuses that we already have, but to start more people's church locations. I want you to be able to celebrate what God has done so far at people's church. We started Midwest City a few years ago. It cost $2 million to get that campus off the ground. We have paid cash for that campus and don't owe anything on that campus. Can we thank God for, come on, thank God for our generosity. God, we give you praise for it. Hallelujah. We started our, North, our, our Indianapolis campus. That campus cost us around $310,000 or so to get it off the ground and get everything going there at Indianapolis. Can we thank God that this year we paid cash for that as a church? Can we praise God for that? Come on, let's thank God for faithful giving, people being contributors. Our Northwest campus, we started a year ago. It was a $2 million project. We have paid off, a, we, we owe another million on that project. So we want to knock that out and be able to move forward and see more changed lives for the glory of God. Right now, I know you're thinking, Pastor, how in the world is somebody going to remember all of that? You gave about 25 projects. Ushers, would you come? I want to give you some information to take home with you. All of you that say, Pastor, I want to be a contributor. I want to be a part of the vision. I want to be a part of more changed lives. The ushers are coming right now. They'll hand out a brochure for you to begin to look over, to pray over, to seek God over, to get involved with God. I'm going to be a tither, and then I'm going to give above my tithe the offerings to help these projects to be a part of the million dollars to see more changed lives. I know when you hear a number like a million dollars, it sound, can be sound overwhelming. So let me show you what it would look like for us to raise a million dollars this next year. Here's, here's a chart, chart. Check it out. If one person gave $100,000 or maybe Four people gave $25,000, or two people gave $50,000, five people gave twenty. dollars I just want you to see, this is very, if we will all hear from God and begin to give above our tithe, if you're not tithing, start there with your treasure, tithe. And then would you pray about over this next year where you can give above your tithe to dream builders so we can knock these projects out and make a difference around our world and to see more changed lives. Come on, would you just say to yourself, I am a contributor. Come on, everybody say that. I'm a contributor. Come on, I'm not a consumer. I'm not about the entertainment of church. I'm about being a contributor for the glory of God. I want to read this scripture over your life right now. I want you to receive it right now, Matthew 4, 19. Jesus said, come follow me. He's speaking to you right now, people's church. Our best days are ahead of us and seeing lives changed, people saved, marriages restored, people set free from addictions and bondages. We're not done yet. The Holy Spirit Spirit is breathing upon our church. We're going to see more changed lives. We're going to build his church, and you're going to be a part of it. Not watching, you're going to be a part of it. Jesus is saying to you, come follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. You're going to make a difference in the lives of people. Verse 20 says this, at once, that's somebody today, at once, at once they left their nets and followed him. Today, would you leave your nets? Would you leave your comfort zone? Would you leave the thing that you've been, you've been putting your trust in? And would you follow Jesus to make a difference around our world? God has called us to be contributors not consumers, to be participators, not spectators, to be trained, not entertained. 